0: Oh, hey, y'all. You've heard me brag for a while now about how I, a person who used to be scared to use my own oven, learned how to cook like a real live adult during lockdown, and now I am as good as that guy on the bear. Now, this is all true. Uh, Here's the thing, though. Even though I am now an amazing chef, It takes me a very long time to cook. It is not something that comes naturally to me, and lately my life has gotten way, way, way more busy, and I do not have the time to devote to cooking like I used to. That is why I am so deeply excited about the pod's new sponsor. They came along exactly when I needed them. I am talking about Factor. Let me tell you a little bit about Factor. Factor's delicious, ready-to-eat meals make eating better every day easy. Wherever tomorrow takes you, be ready with pre-prepared, chef-crafted, and dietitian approved meals delivered right to your door. You will have over 35 different options a week to choose from, including keto, calorie-smart, vegan and veggie, and more. And there's even more to enjoy with over 55 nutrition-packed add-ons that help make your weekly meal planning even more delicious, y'all. Do you understand how amazing it is to have a microwave meal that that tastes like I spent hours cooking it, but it comes pre-prepared? One of my favorites that Factor sent me was roasted garlic butter salmon with celery root cauliflower mash and Parmesan broccoli. And it just came like that. I didn't have to cook it. Y'all, what are you waiting for? Get started today and have a feel-good week of meals ready to go. Here are some facts. Factor, Factor. They make two-minute meals, fuel up fast with Factor's restaurant-quality meals that are ready to heat and eat whenever you are. They also do snacks, smoothies, and more. Discover a wide variety of easy options for the entire day, like breakfast, midday bites, and more. Sign up and save, y'all. Factor has done the math. They are less expensive than takeout, and every meal is dietitian approved to be nutritious and delicious. Factor is the perfect solution if you are looking for fast, upscale options done easily. They're also flexible for your schedule. Get as much or as little as you need by choosing 6 to 18 meals per week. Plus, you can pause or reschedule your deliveries anytime. We are talking no prep, no mess meals. Factor meals are 100% ready to heat and eat, so there is no prepping, cooking, or cleanup needed. What more do you need to hear? Y'all head to factormeals dot com slash coming out pod fifty and use code coming out pod fifty to get fifty percent off. That's code coming out pod five zero at factormeals dot com slash coming out pod fifty. Get fifty percent off. Bye. Hey, y'all. Happy New Year. Happy 2020. We did it. Uh, Welcome to Coming Out with Lauren and Nicole. This is usually a weekly podcast where we have folks from all walks of life who are queer. I left that part out. Tell the story of how they came out to friends, family, and the world at large. Because who doesn't love a coming out story? But today we are answering your questions in our mailbag episode yeah we sure are yeah we're
1: doing it uh we we wanted to start the year off with um feedback from you guys and your things that that you've been wondering about stuff that maybe we talk about a little on the podcast but you're like i would love to follow up about that and Ah. ask more questions so yeah we just we wanted to have a big old coming out
0: pod family hug that's really what House, this yeah, with this uh this episode is, it's a group hug. Yeah, we've yeah. N- we've never done one of these nope. listener episodes before. It's, you know, it's New Year's Day. Many of you are possibly hungover and want to ease into your your year, so we figured that we would just do like a more chill casual. Yeah. Just the two of us yeah. sitting, reading your your cues and giving some Yeah. <laughs> This is already going very Best well said. There. Okay. So in
1: the spirit of our group hug of an episode, mm-hmm. uh, we did actually want to address something that comes up when you guys message us sometimes. We overwhelmingly get awesomely positive comments. We love you. Thank we you love so you. Much. We love you. Thank you. Um, but of course, sometimes some of you will disagree with something that we said in the episode, or you'll feel, you know, upset about something that Absolutely, you heard, yeah. or uh, you know, something a guest said, or or something like that. And we we
0: do try to address those issues as they come up individually and sometimes unfortunately we get so busy and and please know that like if we're if something ever doesn't get replied to we're not like ignoring it or being like no it's just the a matter of of time
1: absolutely and i just want to say or we just want to say that lauren and i try extremely hard to be sensitive and respectful in the way that we talk, in the way that we express our opinions, in the way that we edit the episode. And there are not going to be times, as there have been, where we say something that's either hyperbole because we like being funny, <laughs> yeah. so sometimes we'll say things that are that are meant in... in the heat of the moment. Yeah, that are meant <laughs> in jest and that are for a funny, but are never meant to be at anyone's expense. Um, nor do I think that we actually have had any jokes that are at somebody's expense. Gosh, I would hope um, not. Yeah. No, 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 no. But, like, but things that are that are hyperbolic yeah. and Hy- not hyperbolic yeah. is really the, and, the word and yeah. not meant to be taken literally, literally. <laughs> and sometimes we've found that they are um, and so we wanted to address that and two such examples are one in Chloe's episode which is like in the teens it was an early yeah episode. it was an early one yeah Chloe said something about how if you don't you know know that you're gay by the time you're 24 then you're not gay or whatever and like. To us and in that moment and for her obvious hyperbole. Like it's we are so aware that
0: obviously from the from the breadth of the episodes that we've had. Absolutely do not believe that. And and I feel comfortable speaking for Chloe. Chloe does not believe that either. No. This was just like three friends shooting the shit in a closet and like an offhand, very hyperbolic remark. We obviously don't believe that. Not if you listen to us at all on the on the podcast.
1: You will know that that's not true. Um, and the other thing that we wanted to bring up as an example of this was uh, I have said I think <laughs> twice that if you don't like eating pussy, you're not queer. And <laughs> I and that is also hyperbole yes. in like a really big way. And I want you guys to know first of all, <laughs> any what anybody wants to do in bed is so completely oh, up gosh, to them and yes. does not determine how they identify in the world. It is just what you're into or what you're not into. So, like, I am the first person to respect that. Uh, so, no, I don't I don't actually believe that that is true. I have to tell you, though, the, like, my saying that over years, and I have said it over what is almost 20 years now, <laughs> um, it really, it actually came from a place of being bisexual and being upset when... Certain straight women in the name of experimentation would just be with girls in front of guys to turn guys on or would be really disrespectful with a woman's body or feelings um, Mm. while experimenting with them, because I have no problem with experimentation, but who were not careful with people and would then, as a result give actual bisexual people a bad name. And that really bothered me. And so that's where it came from for me. And it became a, if you don't want to eat pussy, you're not queer. Because it's so, more concise. Because it a, fits it's on it's a bumper, bumper sticker. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. So that is <laughs> not to yes, say. Not a literal Not literal, <laughs> not literal, not literal. So uh, we just wanted to say that. So going forward, uh, moving into the new year in 2020, <laughs> um, and as I think, honestly, we move forward forward in society at a time that is really highly sensi- sensitized um and a world that is really difficult to navigate especially online at this moment for sure um we just want you guys to know that we we really make a, a huge effort and and sometimes we are going to say things that Not everyone agrees with. We cannot please 100% of the people 100% of the time. That is an effort that anybody will die trying at because it's it's just impossible. And um, there are going to be opinions that are held by our guests and by us that some of you are going to disagree with, and we can have a a dialogue about it. And that's part of how we all learn and grow. Yeah. The Um, caveat
0: being, of course, not if it is an egregious statement. uh, Not, yeah, nothing. You guys know us well enough to know that we would never
1: include anything like that. Yeah. Yeah. So that is. Th- that's all we wanted to say about that that we are uh excited to continue having, you know, an ongoing conversation about yes. all this fun queer stuff in 2020. Yes. So. yes. Uh cool. Okay, great. So that's it. Let's go into your questions for this episode. Um the first question If possible, would you change anything about how you've come out to friends, family, and the world at large? Thank you for
0: using our branding. I know I love
1: it. And I've never been asked this question. This this is is a great question. Excellent question. What about you? Do you have something?
0: Yeah, I mean, (laughs) I've joked about this, but it is true. It's funny that it still sort of sticks in my brain that when I came out to my parents. I made the, I used the word bisexual because I believed it at the time and I never corrected it. And I think, I think, I believe I've talked about this on the podcast before. Yes. I think they have figured it out by yes. now. I'm, I'm sure they have figured it out by now. They know that, that I am, that I am gay that that's how Uh-oh. I identify, but we never talked about it. I never re-came out to them. Mm-hmm. Um, Yeah, so it's always been, that's always been something where I'm like, I mean, but they know, right? (laughs) So that, yeah, I don't know. I don't know. There's no way to change it because at the time I believed I was bisexual, so I certainly would have changed that, but... Yeah, maybe I would have had a second smaller coming out, just like in passing in the hallway or something yeah. where I walk by one of them and I'm like, oh, by the way, you you guys know I'm like actually gay, right? Just yeah. like maybe something. They'd be like, like yeah, that. yeah, yeah, we know. Yeah. Yeah. But just to put it out there. That makes
1: complete <laughs> sense to me. That makes complete sense to me. Yeah. And mine, um, yeah, mine. Oh, God. There are some things, but I will say uh, first and foremost that... I wish I had – I wish I'd known about polyamory. Um, I think mm-hmm. is a great way of, of saying that, and not knowing about it was not my fault. Um, so I, I can't blame myself too much for not realizing that, like, that was not an option, uh, or that what that was an option, rather. Um, but what I do regret now being out as bi and poly, I regret – any remarks that I made along like the years, uh, both interpersonally and publicly, where I tried so hard to say that you know, bisexual people can be monogamous and that's and and that's fine, stop, you know, like I tried, I just was hammering the monogamy and bisexuality so hard because I was so. Fucked up about it, basically, in my own head and because I was so tired of being stereotyped. And I think it actually caused some regression for me and I may have come out as poly and also uh, done a lot less damage to myself um, earlier uh, if I had not been so consumed by trying to prove my own ability to be monogamous, and the bisexual community at large's ability to be monogamous. Um, If I could change one thing, it would be to have been much more open to other forms of relationships than monogamy. Um, Yeah, because I think I made that work for
0: myself and other people. So.
1: Yay. Uh,
0: that's what I would change. Um uh, all right. Um okay, uh, I am still dealing with my sexuality so I'm not officially out. I am older than the people you have on the podcast and I'm wondering how common is it for a person over the age of 40 to come out? Any advice? This is a great question. You go for it. You you lead women's coming out I a lot. I should do. do it, it is super common. Yes. Um every it's so funny, every single person We get in the women's coming out group. They almost always are like, and I know I'm so far behind or and I know that I'm coming out really late. And what I've I had to come up with like a stock answer because it got said so much. The oldest woman I've ever had in women's coming out group was 65 years old. Mm -hmm. So now what I say to them is like, if you are over the age of 65, you are allowed to say that if you're not like you have enough that you're that you're stressing about right now, take that from your mind. It is very common. Yeah, it is very common and I would
1: say in terms of advice, um this is the advice that I give to really anybody coming out um but certainly if you feel like you are coming out uh you know later or um say in a place that doesn't uh really foster <laughs> queer community that well absolutely absolutely do what you can to find community yes because, like go to your local lgbt center mm-hmm. if you have one or in the city nearest to you um to connect with other people who are going through the same thing uh use hashtags use hashtags online and to to find community in this um look up facebook groups look up like all of that. The internet is an incredible source for community building and for for remembering that you are not alone. There is there are multiple people who are going through the same thing at the same time who you're going to be able to relate to, and it is a godsend. So really, 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 just seek out community. Don't be afraid to tell your story because in doing that, you're going to have people go, "Me too," mm-hmm. and everybody's going to feel less alone. Meetup yeah.
0: groups as well. Yes, yeah. it, it is yes. so. It is yes. so. Common. That that lilies is a term it stands for late in life lesbians yep. and they refer to themselves as lilies. I'm also going to give you uh, this website that I discovered and one of the many times I was <laughs> looking for resources for someone who asked yep. a similar question. Uh, it is called a late life lesbian a late life lesbian story um, and they've got tons of stories on that website that this woman started uh, because she herself was a late and light lesbian so yes it is it is common and all of the advice that Nicole just said is is fantastic
1: big fan of support
0: groups love them love them love them
1: um okay cool next question How did you all work through internalized homophobia slash biphobia when having a crush on someone of the same gender or wanting to approach someone of the same gender or even just thinking about your future relationships? I've been trying to work through, but I keep hitting snags that bring me back into the mindset that my attraction to women and women with an X in the middle, love it, uh, is predatory and that I don't deserve to be in a relationship with one. Any tips or words of affirmation you all use? Um, and also, we got another question that relates to this: is tips on how to be comfortable out on dates with same gender partners. And I felt that that was same related family
0: of questions because for sure.
1: often uh, not feeling comfortable out with the same sex, other than if there's actual physical uh, danger that's that's present, um, often comes from a place of internalized biophobia or, or totally, homophobia. Totally, totally, totally. Yes. So um, I, I mean, I would say. Whew, it's a hard one. It has taken me
0: a long time yeah, the, to The feel. boring cut and dry answer yeah. is time, time, which is unfortunately the answer to so many questions. Yeah. But yeah, we'll get we'll we can dig more into it. Yeah. I mean, basically, over time for me, it's like
1: anything else has been the more you do it, the more comfortable you get with it. Honestly. Um, And again, I encourage, obviously, be judicious about where you are out and making sure that it's safe spaces. Because if you start in safe spaces, if you start in spaces that are all queer, if you can, going out to lady bars and going out to whatever, (laughs) um, then it sort of, it starts to normalize for you the idea of being out in public with your person, with someone of the same gender, because you're seeing it around and you're getting more comfortable. And it starts to feel more right. And that way, when you step out of that space, little by little, you can start doing that. And I mean, even just little stuff, like, I don't know, you're out at a date, like, maybe just grab the person's hand across the table. Oh, so tender. You know, or like, you know, brush your foot up against their foot, as long as it's all consent. Um, (laughs) You know, but like, that kind of stuff or like hold pinkies walking down the, the street so that it's not it's like a little thing, you know. Um, I think that those things can make a big difference and can lead to more comfort. You know, it doesn't have to be like an all in right away. PDA yeah. situation. Yeah.
0: And also, like, I think we uh, we forget at least me thinking about my first date, like with a guy mm-hmm. like m- anyone's first date is fucking terrifying. That's so like true. even if it's the most heteronormative like we yeah. are going to a pizza and then to a movie, like <laughs> your first time you do that is so scary. Yes. So even though your brain might be like I've been on a million dates, why is this so scary? uh ah You've been on a million dates, this is your first date with someone of the same gender or it's whatever the variable is. So you can just take comfort in the fact that it's like we talk about queer puberty a lot it's like being it a teenager again this is in many ways a first date um and, and then yeah, yeah and then the, the last thing i'll say about it is um there is it's up on our website under our resources tab i am a a big believer in in like kind of um immersion like things that seem so uh scary uh, or even just to have an electricity about them uh, in terms of same sex uh, uh, or heteronormative or gender normative stuff, it's because we, we've we talked about this a million times, we all grew up in a very heteronormative blah, 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 bloop, bloop. So that's <laughs> all of our examples. Mm-hmm. Um, so anything outside of that box feels like, oh my God, this is like naughty and wrong. So on our website, yes. there is a resources list with tons of queer stuff. And I think just like exposing your yourself to more like uh, uh, queer movies, TV, music, just like having that stuff, Mm -hmm. making it a part of your daily life, even if it's just in the background, it starts to take away that little like that that feeling of electricity and like, oh, this is this is something like weird mm-hmm. and different. So, yeah, because think about it. You've you know, you've spent your whole life being surrounded by all these straight examples of movie, TV, music, books, mm-hmm. et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. So you maybe want to amp it up a little with the queer stuff while you're getting comfortable with it. And it I, I think it can start to be effective in normalizing it. Yes. And I
1: I also will add just to finish this off, <laughs> because this is just humans in general. Right much like if you're high on marijuana hmm, interesting. you interesting segue i know <laughs> but much like if you're high if anybody out there has whoever of you have been high um when you're like everyone knows everyone knows oh, i'm high shit. you like walk into a into any public space and you're like oh my god they know they know they know and it's this like crazy paranoia because you're so you're so aware of it that you think that everyone else is the truth is that God, people are just so concerned about themselves. Oh, my God, totally. Honestly, if you're out at dinner, it's going to be real rare that someone's going to give a shit what (laughs) you're doing. They care. They're
0: they're just trying to muddle through their own date. Yeah, your waiter has an audition (laughs) after his shift, and he's freaking out about it. Absolutely. (laughs) People are so caught up in
1: their own experience and because of that they think that everybody else is watching them too when we're all just very concerned about what's happening with ourselves so as much as you think that other people are looking while that's sometimes true more of the time than not people are just worried about themselves and you just have to kind of take that pressure off of yourself that anyone even really cares you and, know?
0: Yeah. Truly. And anyone Truly. looking at you might be because they're struggling with it. And you're like the shining beacon. Yes. I know sometimes I catch myself looking too long of at course. queer female couples. All the time. And all I'm like, oh, time. I hope they know that it's because I'm like, oh. all the time. <laughs> yes, exactly. Exactly. So you never, never you, you never, never know. know. Yeah. Um, Oh, so another uh, dating related one. What are some key things to keep in mind when dating someone who isn't out yet? Yeah, okay, go for it. This is a big one. Um, I think that it's finding uh, that balance uh, between patience and then knowing um, I would always lead with like. With patience, where it's like, OK, this person isn't out, but they're out enough to them to themselves to be with you. And like you think about how how valuable uh, that is to you. And if this is someone who you who you really care about and, you know, you you try to you you be understanding of that. Um, it is also OK if you are at a point in your journey where you're like, ah, I don't feel like I can be with someone who isn't out, if that, for whatever reason, does not mesh with where you're at, I think that is an OK thing. Or at least you have to make the decision, is it worth it to you to date someone who is not in that place yet? And if and be open about it. Have discussions about it. It's so important. Um, but ultimately, if for whatever reason, if maybe it's trauma in your past about when you were closeted, it's OK if you ultimately realize that you cannot be with someone who isn't out. But if you feel that you can and if it feels like they are at, uh, at you know, maybe the beginning of their journey and this is just where they're going to be for a period of time and eventually they will come out. Um, and if you feel like that is something that you can engage with, uh, I think, yeah, lead lead with that patience and, and try to remember what it was like for you when you were in that place.
1: Yeah. Yeah, I agree with that. And I think the only thing that I'll say is um, a regret that I have to this day it, uh, with my very serious ex-girlfriend um, from my early 20s is that I really, um, after after a while, it wasn't like immediate or anything, but um, after a while, we were together for three years. And after at least one, um, probably more like two, I did get quite upset a few times about how she was not introducing me to her parents. Um, and she was out to them, but what was happening for her and which I would unfortunately come to intimately understand much later on, uh, what was happening with her is that her only sibling, her sister, had died uh, when she was 13 and her sister was 16. And Their family had been through a lot. And their family was also Italian Catholic. And her mom had said some very hurtful things when she came out um, that related to why is this happening to me, the sister's death, and and my ex-girlfriend being gay. And so my ex-girlfriend was fighting an incredible deep battle um internally even to be able to really be who she was with her family um, because of family dynamics that had nothing to do with LGBT mm, stuff mm-hmm, that mm. had to do with loss and trauma and things that they'd already been through and I was young and did not know any differently and tried to understand but couldn't and now having had a sibling who died as well I get it. I get it. You never know where somebody's coming from. Yeah. That is, I think, the thing is, you know, as much as you can try to know what somebody's family dynamics are, what they've been through, um, how they relate to one another, you just, you just can't know. And you just have to trust that they're going to do this in their own time and you can be supportive. And like Lauren said, it's your decision then if that aligns with your path or not. Um, but pushing them is is yeah, not good. Yeah. Yeah. That's that's what I would say. So.
0: Yeah. And, you know, if if they seem open to it, receptive, you can you can maybe gently let them know, like, hey, a thing that was helpful mm-hmm. to me when coming out was listening to this podcast or going to this group like Mm -hmm. is that something but uh you don't want to push too hard everyone is on their own timeline so i would say never date someone who's not out if in your brain you're like well they'll be out within like the next six months to a year right like then you've you've placed a timeline on it that is your (laughs) made-up timeline that they have nothing has nothing to do with them so just Uh you know be honest about where you're at and and yeah yeah Exactly, cool. Good question. Um, I would, Ooh. oh, here we go. <laughs>
1: I knew there would be one about this. Um, I would love for Nicole to talk more about being poly and the dynamics of how that works in real life, day-to-day situations. Oh, my friend. Okay, so I will <laughs> start by saying... Um, the reason that I haven't gone in depth into this on the podcast, I've obviously made mention of it several times, um, but the reason that I haven't gone into depth in depth on it is because uh, Lauren and I, from the moment that I came out, mm-hmm. even beforehand, um, <laughs> had discussed my doing a full episode that would be my Polly coming out episode, um, and now that I have come out, it would it would still be that it would be me just talking about yes, the process telling and telling your
0: poly coming out story and
1: and likely in the second half of that episode having Gustav and Mandala guest on it um so that we three can talk about it um because it's coming out for them in a yeah. way too diff- very different um but yeah so just so you know um listen for that 2020 uh but you know part of why I haven't done it yet is there are still some people in our lives uh the three of us who don't know um, who we would prefer to have in-person conversations with before we do an entire episode dedicated to it. <laughs> it's one thing to make mention it's another thing to really to do that um so just bear bear with us uh, it will happen and um, what I'll say about it to tease right now is that it is an ongoing. Evolution. Yeah, it really how is. to how to do this day to day is an ongoing evolution that involves honesty and communication in levels that go above and beyond what you ever expected you would have to do. Um, and it's an ex- extremely rewarding, um, and also a lot of work. <laughs> so I will go into that
0: later. Yes. Yeah. Oh, hey, y'all. You've heard me brag for a while now about how I, a person who used to be scared to use my own oven, learned how to cook like a real live adult during lockdown, and now I am as good as that guy on the bear. Now, this is all true. Uh, Here's the thing, though. Even though I am now an amazing chef... It takes me a very long time to cook. It is not something that comes naturally to me, and lately my life has gotten way, way, way more busy, and I do not have the time to devote to cooking like I used to. That is why I am so deeply excited about the pod's new sponsor. They came along exactly when I needed them. I am talking about Factor. Let me tell you a little bit about Factor. Factor's delicious, ready-to-eat meals make eating better every day easy. Wherever tomorrow takes you, be ready with pre-prepared, chef-crafted, and dietitian approved meals delivered right to your door. You will have over 35 different options a week to choose from, including keto, calorie-smart, vegan and veggie, and more. And there's even more to enjoy with over 55 nutrition-packed add-ons that help make your weekly meal planning even more delicious, y'all. Do you understand how amazing it is to have a microwave meal that that tastes like I spent hours cooking it, but it comes pre-prepared? One of my favorites that Factor sent me was roasted garlic butter salmon with celery root cauliflower mash and parmesan broccoli. And it just came like that. I didn't have to cook it. Y'all, what are you waiting for? Get started today and have a feel good week of meals ready to go. Here's some facts. Factor, They make two-minute meals, fuel up fast with Factor's restaurant-quality meals that are ready to heat and eat whenever you are. They also do snacks, smoothies, and more. Discover a wide variety of easy options for the entire day, like breakfast, midday bites, and more. Sign up and save, y'all. Factor has done the math. They are less expensive than takeout, and every meal is dietitian approved to be nutritious and delicious. Factor is the perfect solution if you are looking for fast, upscale options done easily. They're also flexible for your schedule. Get as much or as little as you need by choosing 6 to 18 meals per week. Plus, you can pause or reschedule your deliveries anytime. We are talking no prep, no mess meals. Factor meals are 100% ready to heat and eat, so there is no prepping, cooking, or cleanup needed. What more do you need to hear? Y'all head to factormeals dot com slash coming out pod fifty and use code coming out pod fifty to get fifty percent off. That's code coming out pod five zero at factormeals dot com slash coming out pod fifty. Get fifty percent off. Bye. 18 plus. Um, okay. Uh, next. Oh, I love this. Okay. What? I, how weird that I love this. What is wrong with me? <laughs> what is your best advice for getting over a particularly brutal breakup? Um, this, uh, this person writes, I truly thought I was going to marry my girlfriend someday, and she recently broke up with me, and I'm really struggling with it. I don't even know where to start to begin healing. Any advice is appreciated. Um, first of all, I am so sorry. Breakups fucking suck they are brutal they are so hard i am so sorry that you're dealing with that mm-hmm. uh, sending all the love in the world um again the the boring short cut and dry advice is time i know it sounds so like nonchalant or facetious or blasé but it's not it what is, you want to hear it is so true in a way that like i cannot even express it's grief, it is shocking right? so here's the thing Breakups are
1: grief. Mm-hmm. You are going through a period of grief. Obviously, yep. obviously because it is the death of a relationship and especially one where, you know, in this case, you thought was going to really go the distance, right? So like you are grieving the loss not just of the person, but the perceived life journey. Yes. It is a is is a whole picture of the future that now isn't on the table anymore mm-hmm. and is only an idea of the past and a memory and in so many ways that parallels losing a, a person yeah, um yeah. really truly like and i have to say you know like two things on this so when i lost my sister i was like and that is a perfect example of something where you think that they're going to be with you your entire yeah. life. I mean, you think that that is just you'll die together or whatever within a very short amount of time from each other. They'll see you through all the ups and downs and all of your family and your kids and your and when your parents pass away, they'll be there. And like, I mean, every step of your life is tracked with that person. And when they're not there anymore, it's like having to it's it's grieving the entire future lost with them mm. too. Yeah. Um, it's not just losing them in this moment it's losing the entire future as you pictured it and having to rewrite that and i have to tell you that even in that extreme um you know i'm here what four and a half years later and i'm able to talk about it without crying and Mm -hmm. i i and i miss her every day and simultaneously i'm able to i'm able to put together a life now um, and that's something that I never thought, never thought I would be able to do. So if that helps. And then on the, on the, like the break, mm-hmm, like mm-hmm. the real, real life break, breakup example here. Um, Gustav oh. was actually, my husband, was actually engaged uh, before we got together. He was engaged to somebody else. Uh, and he, she broke up with him. Um Fool. The fool. Thank God she did, though. Um, You know, (laughs) but, like, she broke up with him. And um, he was crushed. He was completely crushed. And every time our friends are going through massive breakups, divorces, um, life partner kind of shit, he tells them that it was the worst thing to happen at the time and the best thing to happen overall because – If that had never happened, he would never have been with the love of his life. Who is me? So he and he he really says it with such like joy and um, looking at like the universe having a long game that there is like a path that way. And I know it is so hard to trust it. It is so hard when you're that broken hearted. But it's as much as you can trust in time. and the universe and your own worth and the fact that somebody amazing will come along when it's right i mean you will do yourself a huge service by yeah. trying as hard as you can to trust that
0: i yeah i also personally do not believe in the concept of like the one the mm-hmm, one mm-hmm, person or mm-hmm, your soulmate or whatever mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. um And I think that we get very caught up in that again because of movies, TV, blah blah blah. Um, I I don't think that's true. I I I don't know if I've ever said this on the podcast. I got broken up with. This is my I've talked about her many times before. My my uh, ex girlfriend in Amsterdam, who I was, she's like she was like the love of my life. Mm -hmm. Uh, she broke up with me in bed on the night of my thirtieth birthday. Not her best move, but whatever. We've moved on from that. Um, but. I, yeah, man, it's it's so hard. She is someone who I am not somebody who who falls in love a lot. I've not been with many people. I it, I find it very hard to um to feel a connection to people or attach to people. And I will be honest that I have not been with anybody seriously since then. I've had crushes. I've dated blah blah, blah but I haven't been with anyone uh, in that same way. But you know what? I'm like I still got over it. Like mm-hmm. it's not like oh, I think there's also a misconception where it's like, well, you feel that way until you meet the next one. Well, I'm telling you that that is not true. So I true. I got over her because, you know, I, I I I worked on myself like blah blah blah, therapy, friends, spending time yes. with friends, filling your life with things. Um I back when I was doing improv, that was so helpful to me because improv is something where I couldn't be thinking about my ex for those 30 minutes I was on stage because I fucking had to be listening and responding in the moment. So that actually ended up being something that was very helpful for me. I mean this is like a cheesier way but get super inv- this sounds like a very recent breakup get super involved in in a, a TV series that's very long that you can yeah. like like uh, my other breakup that was much more minor but still like shook me at the time like I became obsessed with Orphan Black which Ooh. I'm still obsessed with but yeah <laughs> it gave me something to think about it yes. gave me other lives to be invested with yes. in that time um, but yeah like what n- what Nicole is saying like you just must need to know that you will get over it that so many of us go through these brutal fucking breakups and we get over it and you will and I'm so goddamn sorry because it does suck Um, but this is an opportunity for you to create a stronger
1: relationship with yourself and like post-traumatic growth we were just talking about Uh, this post-traumatic growth is so freaking real some of the the periods of the greatest growth in my life have been during periods of grief Mm -hmm. either over a death or over the death of a relationship Mm -hmm. Um, because you really have time with and for yourself um, to invest in yourself and that leads to great things yeah. so congratulations you get to <laughs> you go through you are a period of growth you get to go through an amazing evolution
0: yeah. and that person wasn't the one they were A1 A1 so A1 A1 Amen that. Amen
1: Okay, next question.
0: How do you hold
1: on to your truth, your identity, everything you know to be right with you when everyone is telling you you're wrong and that you're, mm. quote-unquote, quitting? I came out to my husband. We're divorcing, and he thinks it's selfish that I'm giving up our on our family. I just want to be happy for myself and my family. I can't give all I have until I learn to accept all that I am. Really that I last mean phrase, you, you nailed it. yeah I, you basically answered your own question. <laughs> Why did you um, become Yiddish? I it happens sometimes. Um you you did. I mean that is so true and like I can say I have never been through a a divorce or a situation like this. However, I am the child of divorce mm-hmm. and I can say that uh it I 1000% to this day support my parents' decision um, to have split when they did because it it would have been miserable for both of them to have continued on the path that they were on. Mm-hmm. And this myth of staying together for the kids is it's a it's really unhealthy and outdated and. Um, if there is this is something that's fundamental about you fundamental it's it falls under irreconcilable differences Mm -hmm. there is something in legal terms in terms of divorce that that uh comes that 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 accounts for this this is something fundamental about you this is not something that you can negotiate um and you being
0: miserable is not going to help your children or your family it's not um i think also um the hope is that what is happening right now is your husband acting and feeling out of hurt and that mm-hmm. he I hope so much. I We can't guarantee it, obviously, but I do hope so much that that he does come to evolve and see that this, you know, is, is not a selfish act. Um, and it's just yet yeah, you you know what you need to do. It's the thing on the airplane where you got to put the mask on yourself mm-hmm. before you put the mask on your child. Mm-hmm. What you are doing right now is putting the mask on yourself. You yes. are you are taking care of what you need to survive and be a full person so that you can be a fully present mm-hmm. uh, uh, parent um, and human being. Yeah,
1: and also understand that, you know, your husband is probably heartbroken and people try to... Uh, one of the stages of grief is um, uh, bargaining. <laughs> when they think when they've lost something, bargaining. How can I get this back? And and the bargaining chip, unfortunately, in divorce sometimes is kids. Right? Oh, it's our family. It's mm-hmm. our children. I'm gonna use that as a bargaining chip. And it's um, I'm not saying that's conscious. Uh, it's often totally subconscious. Um, but just don't take
0: all that on yourself. The the mask the the, the mask was a good metaphor. Um. <laughs> yeah, and for the record cuz I'm realizing and looking at this um we've been talking a lot about kids. Um if whether or I'm I'm not it doesn't say in here that you have them, so you might not have them or if there's anyone out there listening who is in a divorcing situation where kids are not present, it is it's still it's you are you have discovered this thing about yourself and it is still about you as a as a whole human being. So um, I don't I don't mean for us just to answer the whole thing in terms of like, no, this sure. is yeah, this is something that is relevant when you discover something this fundamental about mm-hmm. yourself like that, you, you need to be a whole person. We talk about that so much. So next
1: question here, uh, I've been in the closet my whole life until recently. Do you have any pointers on how to come out to an extremely homophobic family? I've lived a quote normal life my whole life because I've seen how my family is with gay people. Well, I'm done hiding who I am. Just looking for advice. Thanks so much. First of all, congratulations yes. for being done hiding who you are. Yes. That is amazing and That's brave huge. and hats off to you. Um, people think that this is a choice to come out or not and at, by at, I believe that at some point it's not a choice anymore. Yes, it's it's I your absolutely whole self mm-hmm. just set.
0: Oh, you can feel yeah. it move from oh. the like, "Ah, maybe I could do" to the like, "I have to do I this." Must. Like you can feel it yes. internally happen. Absolutely. Um so congrats for being at that place. Mm-hmm. Uh
1: so a couple things harkening back to what we said before uh when we were addressing the question about somebody coming out in their 40s, um Find support groups. Yes, in-person. Yes, in-person support groups. Um, Lauren and I have talked many times about the women's coming out group. Um, There's a men's coming out group also at the center. There are just coming out groups in general. Trans. Um, Trans. Exactly. So any um, coming out related groups that you can go to, uh, amen. Just find community because you want to have Mm -hmm. a loving um, queer support family. If your family freaks out, (laughs) I I, that's what I would say Mm -hmm. is lay that groundwork. Um, I would also say hardcore, check out Freed Hearts. Um, Freedhearts.org. FreedHearts. FreedHearts.org. Yes. Do- FreedHearts.org. Um, it is, for, for those of you who listened to uh, Susan's episode when she was on, it is for uh, parents of LGBTQ kids who are coming specifically from religious backgrounds um, or very homophobic backgrounds mm-hmm. and um, need to have a little bit of an evolution. Mm-hmm. And so it's a good place for uh, people with families who are that way to go as a resource. It's a great resource to give your parents. Um, just check out.
0: Yeah, if you go to FreedHearts.org, you will see their website is set up so that there's a section uh, for queer folks, and then there's a section for their families. Uh, Susan Cottrell, who was, uh, I can't remember her episode number, but just search uh, Susan or search FreedHearts and you'll find it. Um, She has a great little TED Talk that you can also show uh, family members where she just like really concisely tells her story about coming from a very religious background and then having children come out to her and how she dealt with that. Um, she knows how to speak your family's language. Yes. She can pull a Bible verse for every Bible verse they can pull because mm-hmm. she has read the Bible backwards and forwards. So she really knows how to talk to them on their level using, you know, their own uh, vocabulary and own if, belief system. If they
1: are a religious family, we're just assuming that from this question. You are 100 percent correct. Yes. Um, but in any case, even if they're not, she's deals, deals such, with It's just such. Yeah. It's yeah. just so useful. Yes. Um,
0: episodes off the top of my head that might be useful uh, Rami's episode mm-hmm. R-A-M-Y um Rachel Cantu's, we, we uh-huh. covered some of that as well. Um, also, this brings up a great point. If you go on our website, comingoutpod.com, and you uh, click on the episodes tab, you can there's a little magnifying glass, and you can search for keywords in episodes uh, in the description. So you could type in, um, if it was religious, you could type in religious. You could type in uh, homophobic. You could type in the word family, and you'll mm-hmm. get like a whole bunch of hits. Uh, and so if you're newer to the podcast, that might help you narrow down episodes that specifically relate to. Uh, to, to topics that you're looking for.
1: Amen. Mm-hmm. Okay, so uh, next question. Should you bring your girlfriend home for the holidays to parents who are still unsure about how you identify before they know you're together? Mm-hmm. Telling them that you're more than friends, question mark, or let them get to know her first? Oh. And this is from former guest Nancy Lee Mad, who Yay. is also uh, South Nowhere and Delta and Daisy creator. Um, oh, yeah. So this is great. Uh, So... Yeah, uh, having some experience with this, <laughs> um, I, <laughs> um, I would, I, ha- I am of a couple minds about this because I think each, each to their own in this totally. situation. Case by case basis. I think that it needs to first and foremost be a conversation between you and your person, your girlfriend, your boyfriend, your person, whatever your partner, um and say hey okay so my family isn't cool with this uh how do how would you feel most respected or seen in this situation and if they say you know if if it's open for discussion that's probably good because i totally get and relate to not wanting to introduce someone you're dating as your friend because it feels um it just feels shitty for them for you for ugh, it doesn't feel good um that said it's a process right and so i would say first and foremost talk to your person your 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 partner and see how they feel and see if there's a way that you two can agree on to handle it that will make you both feel okay for the moment yeah. and talk long game right talk long long game strategy right um so that's what i would say first and foremost and um and then uh Personally, I can just say that personally I have uh, done the let them get to know her first and then tell them later it's your girlfriend. Um, I, uh, Just because I prefer – and, and that was an okay thing with the girlfriend. So mm-hmm. FYI, mm-hmm. that was agreed upon beforehand. And only because I think that it can help. Yeah. to for your parents to meet them as a person mm-hmm. and see them without a lens of immediate judgment that ha- that is wrapped up in all of your parents' fears and hopes for you and
0: it,
1: it, all of that um taking that lens off of it and just allowing them to see this person human it humanizes them that's the best way of putting it. It humanizes your partner. So personally, that's what I do. This is a very case by case. It basis. is,
0: yeah, yeah. There is something nice sometimes about. I don't know, man. It really it depends where you're at, though. It totally. It's so it's so hard to give Again, advice because it's so specific. Yeah, talk to your girlfriend yeah, first. Yeah, yeah. Lay it out. Lay it out where yeah. your
1: parents are at, and and you guys. Figure something out that works for both of you is what I would what I would say. Yeah. Um, OK. <laughs> Quick little questions. Yeah, we, got we, are we got some shorties. We got some shorties. If you had a friend who you suspect is queer, how do you walk the line of not forcing the topic with them but still nudging them on the path of self-discovery? Or should you just not do anything at all? woo wee Um...
0: I think that if in in the case that you are also queer, you are automatically in um, a great position because it is super normal for you to talk about queer things because they're going on in your life. And I think that can be really, really helpful um, for all the reasons I was saying before. It can normalize it uh, for them if they are, in fact, queer to like hear you talk about queer stuff and like oh i went to this place or i watched this movie or whatever um if if you're not queer just d- still doing that to the degree that you that you can like Oh, did you see that movie Love Simon? I just saw it like over the weekend. I really liked it. Like, well, just like tossing in little things Mm -hmm. that let them know, hey, I'm a person who's okay with this. Like, yeah, yeah.
1: I'm a safe space. I'm a safe, confident, a confidant. I would say is um, really the best thing that you can do. Um, If you're, if it's like your bestie, um, you could. It depends on what your relationship is. Yeah, it is. really, again, such but a case-by-case like, case thing. You know, I could see myself saying to a bestie, have you ever thought about it? You know, just in the context of a, another conversation. Or maybe you're watching something. Maybe you're sitting watching Love, Simon together and you mm-hmm. go, have you ever thought about it? Or, like, are you just like, "Wow, well, you know, have you thought about it? That kind of thing without trying to push. Um, yeah. Asking a question, if you have that kind of relationship where that would be a normal thing to do. Maybe.
0: But um don't push. That's yeah. there we go. And if someone ultimately tells you they're not queer, believe them. Accept yeah, that maybe their. they're truly not. Maybe they are, but they're they haven't figured it out yet or not ready to deal with it. So yeah, just they're on be their, gentle. their journey. Yep. Um,
1: okay, cool. Would you ever consider hearing coming out stories from those you don't know from other countries and in jobs that aren't in the arts? I know you've had a couple of them, but just curious.
0: Oh, man. Absolutely. Yes, of course. Yes. Yes, yes, yes. We do love having people uh, in person, which mm-hmm. uh, we've done a couple Skype episodes, but in person is is always our preference. So um, that has limited our other countries, although we've, we have tried to bring you as many people as we can uh, with accents, which is my shorthand for saying <laughs> not from America. Yeah, and in terms
1: of having people on from uh, from outside of the arts, you know, part of why... It's, we don't do that purposefully. we <laughs> really not. It's because Los Angeles is a one-industry town. It's like if we were recording the podcast in Washington, D.C., we'd have only people who were in politics. Oh, I mean, it God is just... It is just, like... Unf- it's difficult to find people yeah. here that are not yeah. in the arts. Yeah. And so it, and but we're trying. We are trying. And um, we, we do have actually some people that are coming in that we already know about who are not in the arts um, for next year. The other a- aspect of this that is just literally a business thing is that, you know, like anything, any other business, which we are, you know, we want the maximum amount of listeners. And like you guys know, uh, when people know somebody's name, there yes, are more listens. And so like, do I want to bring on my roommate who is a doctor? Yes. Tells Will we yes. be doing that? Absolutely. It's just sometimes those guests who are so amazing, um, but who are quote unquote normal people, mm. um, get th- their, their, their spots get pushed. If there's somebody with a name because, because I mean, and this is probably a, it's capitalism it, and the
0: patriarchy. It's In some way, and the it's that's to blame for everything.
1: <laughs> but if you guys want to say, hey, we want more normies i'm using <laughs> heavy air quotes on the podcast please tell us oh my god we would we we are so open to anyone and everyone with a great story and who's willing to come on and share and be vulnerable we love it so um yes just know that great um what type of movies Ooh, would you like to get more involved with in the future I Love. Ooh, okay so at lauren and i as performers um are being asked this question probably as writers too. Uh, oh so that's a great question. What kind of movies? Um, the ones that will hire me? I mean, is a great.
0: <laughs> oh yeah, I'll do. I'll do anything for money. That um, aside. That aside, no. I, I
1: would. I would say, man, I want to be in fantasy. I've wanted to be in fantasy forever so you know like I want to be in the next fucking Game of Thrones I want to be in the upcoming like Lord of the Rings series like I want to be doing that kind of stuff Um, I've always wanted to be doing that kind of stuff I come from theater and I specifically come from classical theater so I've done a lot of Shakespeare um, etc and uh, it's very close to my heart and people look at me often and don't think to cast me in that stuff. Which is
0: weird, because you look like an elf. Thank you. You have such an elvish quality. I appreciate that. Thank you so much. It's It's, I think it's
1: like the, I think it's that I have short hair and sort of
0: like... Yeah, like an elf.
1: uh, Yeah, I guess. But I think it's, I think it's the, people just see me as very
0: modern. and That's true. We've talked about that. And I get cast in all the period stuff because I look like an oil painting that (laughs) someone made a wish and I came to life. (laughs) It's fucking true. And I
1: accept that. Uh, But like, it, it is a very real real thing with casting. Ugh. Anyway, but my hope is that with this broader idea of casting that's been happening, um, that I, that I can do fantasy, uh, really great fantasy film and TV. There and we
0: go. I would love to do a funny relationship-based movies or TV with heart. Basically, like, anything that Natasha Leone has been in, yes. that's, like, what I want to do. Yeah, that... Like, that yes. genre. Yes.
1: <laughs> I also will say romantic comedy. I love, love, love doing romantic comedy. Oh, so and I love
0: to play... I've very rarely played queer, so it would be super exciting to get to play queer. Great. Yeah. I'll give you some of mine. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, because um. <laughs> that's how it works. I don't want this role. I will gift it to my friend Lauren. <laughs> <laughs> um, it, You never know. Also... By the way, that last question was from Vanessa V, who was the winner of our Oops, Lauren Ordered Two DVDs of Carol sweepstakes." So my question for you, Vanessa, is have you watched Carol yet? I hope you watched it over Christmas because it is a Christmas film. Um, Vanessa, I feel like the fact that you haven't written me means you have not watched Carol. Oh, my God. Watch Carol. I want a book report on Carol, which, again, Nicole thinks is really boring and I think is hot. Moving on.
1: There we go. That's Vanessa, fair. I'm looking forward to hearing it. <laughs>
0: uh, so the last one is just
1: uh at oh, Nicole Basement. Will you be doing projects? Any projects in New York? Meet and greet in New York. Um, for Aww. most of you, you know, thank you for asking. You're so Aww. sweet. Oh my god. Um. I am from the tri-state area of New York, um, as is Lauren, and I try to make it back there a few times a year. Um, I don't have anything set up project-wise, but there is always a chance uh, that I will be shooting something there this year. I will let you know for sure. There you go. Um, great. And then we're just going to wrap up with really
0: cool little stuff that you guys Oh, yeah. Us. Um, uh, one listener who I met at Klaxicon, I remember your awesome, I believe it was a Gryffindor tie, mm-hmm. um, uh, wanted us to know uh, In the Heights, um, which was a hugely successful uh, Lin-Manuel Miranda play, or sorry, not play, musical, uh, is being made into a film. Uh, this was not a part of the musical, but in the film, they are adding in a queer female relationship relationship. relationship. Not only that, uh, the characters it's between are uh, Daphne Rubin Vega or Mimi from Rent who Nicole and I obviously are obsessed with. And the woman playing her partner is none other than episode 10 guest Stephanie Beatrice. What, what? How cool is that? So keep an eye out for the In the Heights movie with its um, bonus queer relationship. Yes. So uh, we got a. these are two really nice little messages.
1: We asked uh, people to send in what their word for 2020 would be and someone sent in, uh, he, my word is risks. Why? Because my resolution is to start taking more risks. I started resolutions back in 2017 with try to be less pessimistic. That should be my <laughs> oh, resolution. That's so funny. Um, and it's been until now that I kept it. Uh, now I want to try more and try to get out of my comfort zone. I kind of started in 2019 oh, I as this. I karaokeed would Haley Kiyoko's Girls Like Girls in front of a two to 300 100-person audience at, at a, a con. con. Yes. That's great. But now I want to do more. I'm turning 25 this summer. Time to live my life fully. You go. That's You sing fantastic. that karaoke. Yes. Um. Love, Camille. You are amazing. Yes. Thank C- you so Camille, much.
0: As she signs it, Camille, the French bisexual listener. Amazing. That,
1: you put that on business cards. I love please, that. Please do. Uh, here's to taking more risks in 2020. And uh, last and one.
0: Yeah. Uh, hello. I don't have a question, but I just wanted to share my main goal slash wish wish for 2020, I will be moving out on my own in 2020 <gasps> yeah. and coming out to my tragically very homophobic parents, but it's okay. I first came out to my best friend three years ago and gradually have come out to everyone important to me. And the reception has been the best I could have asked for. All that to say that I believe I'm ready to take on the world. Ha ha. Um, that, it's written ha ha. That was not me being <laughs> ha ha. Uh, and without, oh, this is lovely. And without help from your pod, it would have definitely been more difficult. Mm so thank you all so much much love and respect oh I'm gonna read this part by the way side note I'm totally one of those gays you were talking about in the last episode I'm a graphic designer I yes. told y'all I told y'all one of the top three uh, queer female professions graphic designer DJ and I forget the other one I said but I was right whatever it stage manager Oh, yes, stage manager. That's accurate. Um, Oh, my
1: gosh. What a great one to end on. That's so lovely. Thank you so much. We love you. Thank you for a fantastic year of listening and commenting and just supporting us. You're unbelievable you make our days so much better and we just are excited in 2020 to keep giving you great stories and great conversation topics and um we're giving you a giant hug across the airways
0: yes we are thank you so much we always love uh reading your messages on twitter instagram email whatever we love y'all we love y'all happy new year happy new year